A Fed that is happy to hold and is expecting to cut three times next year thanks to lower inflation numbers. So as they move closer to where the markets were, the markets push further with yields going lower, a fall in the US dollar and equities pushing higher. Jerome Powell is making everyone smile for Christmas, it seems. But will it last? It's Thursday, the 14th of December, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, ahead of the Fed, bond yields were already falling down five basis points for 10-year treasuries. Now, though, since the Fed down 17, two years fell 20 on the release of the statement, down 28 basis points on the day. Elsewhere, before the Fed, we saw a drop in five basis points in Germany for 10 years. 10-year gilts in the UK were down 13 basis points. Aussie 10 years down four basis points yesterday to 4.28%, down a further nine basis points on futures overnight since then. And ahead of the Fed, well, equity markets weren't really sure where to go. They are now, though. They're all hovering around zero. But then, bang, and the Nasdaq is finishing up 1.4%, also 1.4% for the Dow, and the same 1.4% up for the S&P, all year-to-day highs, I think. And the Russell 2000, up a staggering 3.5% today. Now, ahead of the Fed, it was all fairly sanguine in Europe. At close, just a 0.1% rise in the FTSE 100, a 0.1% drop in the Eurostox 50. There wasn't much movement in the US dollar either before the Fed, but now it's down 0.9%. The Aussie dollar has managed to climb almost 1.7%, almost 66.7 US cents. The pound is up half a percent. The yen is up 1.7%. And oil, well, a big fall in oil stocks in the US overnight, 4.3 million barrels less last week on top of a drawdown of 4.6 million the the week before. This was well above expectations and Reuters reckons the five-year average for this time of the year is 0.4 million barrels, although let's be honest, it's not a good time the last five years to base averages on, is it? But anyway, that seems to have helped oil prices, which are back on the rise this morning. They were up 1% for Brent and WTI ahead of the Fed. Now, since the Fed up 1.7% for Brent, 1.6% for WTI, Brent now around 74.50 a barrel. So the Fed has met and spoken and the word is nothing. No move on interest rates. But what about the guidance? Well, they're finished, it seems. They're ready for cuts. Here's NAB's Taylor Newton in Melbourne. So if we look at the dot plots, uh, Taylor, uh, they're pricing in three cuts next year, which is not quite as far as what the market was expecting. Uh, but it's closer, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Good good morning, Phil. I think, you know, certainly the the outcome and the market reaction kind of supports this is that FOMC officials seem to have been buoyed by the recent improvements in inflation. It's always a bit too much to hope that they would, you know, um, move as far as, as market pricing. They're not, not probably, you know, unlikely to want to endorse that and will still remain cautious with you know, the labor market strong and, and activity reasonably robust about that kind of r- potential for a re-acceleration in inflation. But we have seen, you know, a fairly fairly meaningful acknowledgement that things are improving more quickly than they'd hoped. We've now got 75 um, basis points of cuts through 2024 implied by the dot plot. So that takes the, the end 2024 dot to 4.6. Um, that's back to where it was in, in June. Um, and also there, you know, while... That has moved a lot. That's down 50 basis points from where it was in in September. It is a bit of a, a bring forward in the the timing of cuts as well. With that 2025 um, dot 
down just 25 basis points. Um, but, you know, the, those projections do suggest that FOMC participants are, you know, expecting to be in a position to be moving rates away from restrictive territory, given that inflation has come down. Well, it's only a month um, ago, well, it's thing- only a month ago, wasn't it, that, you know, Jerome Powell was saying the market should be careful, you know, that they are overestimating the, the speed at which, you know, the Fed will be in a position to move down. So it seems like, a, you know, a, in a month, quite a change of tune. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, there's certainly shades of, of grey there. There's a lot of divergence among FOMC participants about the path forward as well. You know, one participant has a, an N2024 dot below 4%, but there's still three uh, looking for rates above 5% by the end of 2024. So there is, you know, still a bit of divergence there about how quickly they will be in a position to move. And I think as well, you know, while these dots have moved lower from where they were in September, 75 basis points of cuts through 2024 certainly doesn't endorse, you know, them starting a cutting cycle, you know, as soon as as March or even as, as soon as May as, as markets have, have been pricing. And so, you know, there still is a little bit of daylight there between what these dots imply and, and where markets have got to. And I think, you know, as Powell speaks in the press conference, it will be interesting to see just how much he, he pushes back or whether he pushes back on, on where markets have got to. I think the other important change on, on top of the dots that has kind of got got um markets enthusiastic about the prospect of, of the Fed, you know, on on the road to that pivot is that that there was a key sentence there that was kind of confirming the Fed's tightening bias. And it had been for some time that in, distur- in determining the extent of policy firming that may be appropriate. There was some suggestion, you know, a dovish outcome would be if they scrapped that sentence, got on a more neutral setting. Instead, they've, they've softened it. They now say in determining the extent of any additional policy firming that may be appropriate. Yeah, the addition of the word any. So I love it how one word can just change the whole meaning because it's like saying if, if there is any, if there's any reason, as if, you know, it's unexpected that there will be. Isn't it? it? I mean, it just changes the whole whole, whole tone of the sentence. Yeah, and I, I think this is important because you know you would think unless unless there is some shock that the Fed didn't anticipate, if they're cutting because of normalisation, you would need to see them shift away from that tightening bias to at least a neutral setting before they did the first cut. And this is kind of you know the first step on a on a shift towards neutral. So you know again, not not saying they're going to be cutting imminently, um, but you know again, just suggesting that they're they're more comfortable that they're done here um, and they're more open to the idea that they might be might be in a position to pivot over over the coming months. Right. So they've got a bit closer to the market. It seems like the market has shot further away from them just on the reaction to it all, of course. So we'll see how all that comes out in the wash. But what has changed in their in their growth and inflation forecast for next year? Uh, so a, a little bit of change. Most of the revision comes in their N2023 forecast with inflation kind of improving much more quickly than they expected. The N23 core PCE inflation projection is now 3 from from 3.7 a lot of that's already already in the data further out there there is a downward revision to the inflation outlook down around one or two tenths in in 2024 and 2025 um, so not huge moves but certainly moves in in the right direction and, and closer to that two percent target sooner um, elsewhere you know growth forecasts not not you know particularly big movements there and, and unemployment forecast little changed as well and so I think that just again speaks to what markets have been focused on recently that's a lot of this improvement that we're seeing in inflation is coming without as sharp a deterioration in in activity and unemployment as, as might have early been expected in order to, to see this progress come through um, but you know in saying that the the projections still show inflation um, 2.2 percent over 2025 um, and so you know still still a 
above their target, even that far out on these current projections. Right. And on that, uh, producer prices, we saw the PPI numbers, the core PCE flat month on month uh, and up 2% year on year. That flat month uh, for the month applies to both goods and services. So that seems like... Well, is it positive news? I mean, it just adds, doesn't it, to the the impetus for the Fed to start moving rates down or at least staying where they are and forgetting about the idea that, you know, they need to be tightening any further. Yeah, so that PPI data you mentioned there, yields were already kind of moving lower ahead of the the FOMC decision. The PPI was a a big factor in that. Um, And I think, you know, importantly, you know, coming off that recent CPI data that, you know, showed a a small reacceleration in the core number to 0.3%, some some less positive news on the services components within the detail of the CPI. This PPI is important because, of course, the, the Fed's PCE deflator, which is their preferred inflation measure, sources a lot of the services components from PPI data rather than CPI. And, you know, with the core PPI surprising lower at at unchanged in the month versus 0.2 expected. And a lot of the detail there has, you know, those mappings through to PCE does suggest that PCE inflation could look a little better in November than than what we saw in in CPI earlier in the week. Um, And, you know, just to put that into context, you know, analyst forecasts look like they're likely to shape up around 0.1% month on month for core PCE. And probably more importantly, on a six-month annualized basis, that would mean that core PCE is running around 1.9% over the six months to November. And so, you know, it's already at target essentially on that on that core PCE measure. So the focus there very much about how much of that is from good news on, on goods deflation that may not sustain and, and how what's the risk of, of some reacceleration from there. Um, but you know, if you look at that measure, assuming that's confirmed in the in the PCE data. Um, that would say that inflation over the last six months hasn't really been that inconsistent with the Fed's target. Well, look, the uh, banks are certainly expecting that uh, things are on their way down. The 30-year mortgage rate fell last week in the latest NBA figures, down from 7.1% uh, down to 7.07% in a week, which and quite a step up in mortgage applications because it's coming down, I guess. I mean, I'd be waiting uh, until it got lower than that. But, you know, people might need a house, I guess. Look, ahead of the, uh, the Bank of England today, uh, the UK growth numbers are a little worse than expected. The month of October GDP was actually 0.3% down on September. Uh, Flat, if you want to take the three-month average, year-on-year growth is 0.3% for the year, down from 1.3% last month. That's half the annual growth that's expected. So there's that nervous question, isn't there, in the UK? Was October just a one-off or is this the start of a more serious downturn for them, more of a serious slowdown. Yeah, and, and interestingly, that kind of weaker than expected outcome in October um, was kind of broad-based across across sectors as well. So, you know, services, industrial production, construction, all um, all softer. Um, and I think, you know, what that does is, you know, the odds are certainly in favour of the economy showing a contraction overall through through the fourth quarter. Um, and that's a little bit against the grain of some of the the more timely indicators from, from PMI data that we've seen recently. So that's so Certainly um, interesting and, you know, market pricing has moved to, to price deeper cuts through 2024 from, from the BOE on, off the back of that that data as well. Yeah, quite a move down in gilt yields, weren't there? Um, so, and I wonder what signals the Bank of England will send today on the on the back of all of that. Yeah, so the Bank of England, you know, expected on hold, that's that's unanimous. I think it will be interesting to see, um, you know, in the in the voting, we don't get new forecasts or, um, or a press conference at, at today's meeting, um, but it'll be interesting to see. We know 
know that, you know, in November it was a 6-3 vote, three in favour of, of a hike. It'll be interesting to see if that moves back, um, less, of, less of a split there and, you know, potentially even an outside chance that, that the Dove Dingra um, votes for, for a cut this meeting. And so I think that, that will be interesting. And, you know, that messaging is the BOE starting to shift. Of course, the BOE has been, you know, much less optimistic than, than some other central bankers that disinflation can be achieved sustainably without a, a more material slowing in growth just because of their kind of, you know, pessimism about the, the outlook for kind of productivity in the supply side of the UK economy. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see there, you know, how, how much has that has that shifted? Um, but again, no forecasts or, or no press conference at this meeting. Yeah, high inflation, no growth. They're probably quite glad there's no press conference. <laughs> what, what you do when you're confronted with that situation? And look, it's industrial production also. We saw that, that those numbers were down as well for the UK, but also for the euro area as well. I mean, data seems to blow hot and cold in Europe, doesn't it? But we've got a 0.7% drop in industrial production for all of Europe in October, month on month, just ahead of the uh, ECB meeting. So I wonder what signals the ECB is going to be sending tonight. Yeah, I don't think the industrial production numbers will feed too much into their thinking, but it you know does you know suggest that growth probably isn't shaping up particularly positively through the fourth quarter on the in in the eurozone either. Um, but you know again, as as is the theme, ECB expected to be to be on hold. That's that's unanimous, and you know the fo- the focus will really be on on the forecasts and and what Lagarde says whether and how convincingly she pushes back in the in the press conference about price the pricing of cuts um, forecast probably going to be revised GDP and inflation forecast probably both likely to be be revised lower um, and I think also one thing that is is worth looking out for is kind of any nod to um, you know beginning discussions about an, an early end to to the PEP reinvestment programs as well will probably be getting some attention because you know there is that that broader policy mix to to consider as well as they they you know move towards the the end of their their tightening cycle but you know again unanimously on hold and you know unlikely to be more comfortable than the than the BOE I think in in their messaging that they that they have done enough it's a busy one isn't it we get Australia's employment data today as well the unemployment rate is expected to tick up a little we did see quite a fall in the seek job ads in november down 4.3 percent for the month so the speed of decline uh, is picking up a bit isn't it the number of applications per job is also rising if we base it on 100 for the december 2019 level just before the pandemic we are at 102 so pretty much where we were before i mean we did get below 50 so the labor market is clearly easing you could say well you know we are sort of pre-pandemic levels what's to worry about yeah, and so those those job ads numbers, one one labour demand indicator that is suggesting that things things are are moderating. Um, interestingly, one one to watch there, as you said, the recent last couple of months have shown a, a bit of a faster pullback in in job advertising than we'd seen in the kind of more gradual moderation recently. Um, but I think you know it's the it's the harder data, um, it's the the labour force data that will kind of be getting getting most attention and kind of driving the the assessment of labour market tightness. It's going to be hard to interpret uh, the employment numbers this month. There's an unusually wide range in analyst forecasts for, for employment, um, down minus 30 to, to plus 40K in, in the month. Um, even by the volatile employment number standards, that's fairly wide. We're around 10K in, in line with consensus. And I think the thing to remember there is that's off a very strong number in October that was boosted by employment um, alongside the referendum. And so there's potential for some some payback as, um, as a result of that. The cleaner read will probably be the unemployment rate and we expect that to, to tick up a tenth to, to 3.8% in line with consensus um, and you know 
the RBA was forecasting the unemployment rate to average 3.8% through the fourth quarter. So, you know, something in line with that would be consistent with cooling gradually, but but still tight labor market. So unless we get kind of a big surprise in either direction, um, don't think there should be too much to take away from that data. And US retail sales later on as well, perhaps a little less interest uh, in that, given the focus that's on the Fed right now, but unless it shows a big surprise, of course, but I think a moderate fall is expected, isn't it? I mean, we've had the fall in oil last month. So if we take out that, then a marginal increase in sales in November, but then you've got inflation. So, uh, And then weekly jobless claims as well. So uh, other than that, I think we've just about covered it. Always gets busy, doesn't it? Just a week out from Christmas. It's just, you know, shame they don't bring all these things forward so we can get out and party more. We've, we've got to behave ourselves. Indeed, there's there's, there's plenty on, but we're, uh, we're getting through it. Year end is coming up soon. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Well, look, uh, including weekend editions, we've got seven NAB morning calls to go, but I don't think you're any of them. So uh, I'll say Merry Christmas. Have a good one, and we'll catch you in the new year. You too, Phil. Thank you. We're, they are making us go right to the bitter end this year. They'll, they'll have us doing a Christmas Day special next year. Just you watch. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Thanks for listening today. Catch you tomorrow morning.